back to the podcast. I'm here with Professor Trish Greenhouse and Victoria Betton, Dr. Victoria Betton, my apologies, from MindWave. Um, Trish is from Oxford University. Um, so we struggle to implement technology in the NHS. That's the bottom line of this. And you've developed something which can help with that. Tell us about it. Yeah, we developed something called the NASCAT tool. So NAS stands for non-adoption and abandonment of technologies by individuals and also challenges to scale up, spread and sustainability. And the point about NAS is that it's all about complexity. Technology projects are complex, which means they're full of interdependencies and uncertainties, and you can't predict exactly what's going to happen. You have to kind of keep reflecting and discussing and making sense of what's happening as the project unfolds. So the CAT bit in NASCAT is Complexity Assessment Tool, and what this does effectively is it allows you to pull together a, a rolling narrative of what's going on, but also to assess the different aspects of complexity and then to get your head around the possible adjustments that you might be able to make in the project, uh, what staff at the front line might be able to do to adapt uh, and muddle through, and also to assess where complexity is uh, most uh, extreme in the project, and maybe that's where you need to focus. So it might be technical complexity, it might be strategic complexity, it might be um, complexity to do with uh, your human resources, uh, and so the NASCAT tools are a way of uh, trying to support you doing that. NHS is in a bit of state at the moment, as is the rest of the country. Um, what, um, what strikes me is that the main problem seems to be people's lack of capacity or lack of willingness to actually use digital technology because they see it as a replacement for what they're currently doing in the non-digital space or that they're just kind of they don't trust it how, how did that kind of fit in with what you're doing well i'm not sure that i fully agree with you i think that people not using technologies can be a big problem but often people at the front line don't use technologies because they're not allowed to because they can't download them because their job description tells them not to or because of their professional standards of excellence and if you get a nurse or a doctor or a physiotherapist or whoever who thinks that the technology is going to reduce the quality of patient care or threaten patient safety they simply will not use it uh, and I'm not sure that that's uh, quite as problematic as we think I, th I think we need to listen to professionals when they say um, you know this may not help patients it may potentially uh, reduce the quality of care then we have to hear those professionals and get them engaged in discussion perhaps redesign the technology or redesign the way it's used and then we can make progress. And you said you're publishing this NASCAT tool in the Journal of Mental Internet Research, is that right? Well, we're hoping it'll be accepted. Uh, it's under review for the Journal of Medical Internet Research Research Protocols and we're just, we've just sent in some final revisions so, so we're hoping that it'll be out in that journal soon. Great, thank you. We'll look out for it there. Victoria, you've used this in Leeds when you were working at N Habitat before your Mindwave role. Tell us about how you used it. Um, so first of all, um, we helped Trish look at how she could adapt the framework into a usable tool. So we did a load of user testing with different teams who were working on technology projects. Um, and as we helped Trish um, 
do that piece of work, we got really interested in thinking about how we might be able to use it in our everyday work. So we've used it in a number of contexts. Um, one is with um, some clinical teams who had licensed a digital therapeutics tool and we used it to help them do a, a baseline before they did their implementation so that they could watch out for and become alert to possible areas of complexity that might kibosh their project, their implementation. Um, we then used it in a very different context with um, a learning set we were running for Innovate UK and they were people that had received grants from the Digital Health Technology Catalyst Fund and um, we, we used again as a baselining tool so that we could see the areas where they were weakest on, where they w might want to focus their learning on. And, um, in that context, we used it as a really quick and dirty half-hour exercise and then a, a sort of a peer review tool. They found it incredibly useful, really helpful, and it got them thinking about things that had never even occurred to them. And then the last example I'll give you, although there are more, um, is with an accelerator that we ran for Yorkshire and Humber Academic Health Science Network. It was called Propel, and we had, I think, six companies. And again, we used it as a baselining tool for them to determine and tell us, really, where they wanted support as part of that accelerator. And we, we used it as a review tool as well to help them look at where they were going and where they might need to focus their attention and their efforts. And, and, and across the board, um, and also during the user testing we did, um, teams found it really useful as a deliberative sense-making tool that they could use collectively to work out how they overcome problems and challenges. I also just wanted to ask you a very much broader question just about this MindTech conference in digital mental health. You're somebody who's been to the last seven, I think, as well as me. What, what, has, what have we achieved? This, this is about implementation this year. Yeah. Um, seven years ago, if you were told, you know, we would produce all this amazing research, yeah. but we would still be really struggling to implement, would you have been yeah. happy with that? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And, and every year I've come, it's sort of um, been reflective of where we're at in that sort of journey, because it does feel like we're all in the eye of the storm of, um, of trying to make sense of how digital technologies can improve uh, mental health and mental health services. Um, I was reminded by one of the MindTech team that the first time I came, um, when everything was very new for them, I was a little bit grumpy on Twitter about the lack of patient and public involvement. <laughs> and one of the things that's been great to see, not all down to me, of course, but just how much um, there's been diversity both in terms of gender, in terms of people with lived experience, and I think that's been really impressive. Um, I got a little bit bored, not just in this conference, but in others, about people talking about what they were going to do and not about how they'd done it. And so I was really delighted that we, had, we have had a focus on implementation this year. Um, it is not surprising to me that uh, implementation is such a big challenge, but I'm really glad we're paying attention to it rather than just going, look at this shiny thing we've developed. So I think we're part of that journey, and I hope in coming years we'll, we'll start working through the implementation challenges and then we'll start to think um, at the same time but more broadly about adoption and scale and also about how we might stop trying to do an RCT for every single thing that gets developed but how we might group some of this research so that we can draw learning that might help startups and small companies develop good tools and services for the NHS. It's interesting isn't it listening to Helene Ripper and Matthias Lucasen this morning saying you know the, the way that we really do end up with research that we can implement is if we produce research with you know, 
users yeah. or services and, yeah. and practitioners and you know it's the same yeah. old stuff that we've been saying for 10 years or so yeah. you know we need to co-produce we need to involve the right yeah. sort of people we need to do it in the real world we've known that for a long time and we're still saying it but are we doing that now do you think um i th- i think it's shifting and changing um at, at m habitat we um we used to um, uh, design in evaluation to the very early stage of any sort of discovery or feasibility project. So very early on, we were helping people identify what problems they wanted to solve, and then saying, "What does good look like? What's what? You know, how might the... so co-designing the evaluation questions and then building them into the design of a tool so that you can collect the right data." So I think um, I think. Academics, of course, are doing that, but a lot of industry isn't doing that as a standard and only think about evaluation and evidence as an afterthought, although I think that's shifting with the NICE um, classification system um, and so on. But I think um, developing evidence in a way that's in, in, a, in a real-world setting, in a way that's pragmatic but is robust, is still a big um, challenge, and I think RCTs are just too much for a lot of um, small companies and small organisations. Thank you. Let's go and get a cup of tea. Thank you.